It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. I'm standing here screaming your name, Aunt you. You're sitting there staring at the wall with your earbuds in. What the hell? We have work to do. <sighs> Sorry, I was just psyching myself up with some music. Dude, I'm like ten feet hollering at you, all right? If you need to psych yourself up that badly, fine, but don't ask me to pay for the eardrum replacement. Your guys back yet? Yes, most of them. The rest of them who survived are on their way. All right, terrific. Have them all meet me in the truck dock in 15 minutes. I got the perfect place lined up for the swap. I'll give them all the particulars then. I want to get there ahead of time so I can uh, set a few party favors for the inevitable meeting. Right. What? What's the problem? You look all pensive and existential. I hate it when you get like this. It's... It's nothing. It's just professional apprehension, that's all. Keys, when are you going to trust me, all right? It's Luxor. How often do I let you down? That, no, not the eye-rolling face. No, 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 no. Not how often have I screwed things up. How often have I let you down? Yeah, you see? Parsing's a good thing, you know. And I always promise fun times. Now get ready, would you? Take those things out of your ears. You're blocking the whole world out. Logan Matthias once told me 
yourself to a rising star. It's only a matter of time before you burn. He was wrong. You don't burn. You are consumed. Technical Difficulties presents The Account, a tale of the waking world. The Snows Are Eternal, Part 13. Well, that's all we got on our end. And that about covers mine as well. So, the Champion of the Vale... Well, Here I was, worried about how you would cope with our partnership dissolving, uh, and you just move right up in the world without me. A champion of the Vale, not the champion of the Vale. For all I know, there's a whole division of us out there somewhere. So anyway, Luxor Brandt cut a deal with the Angel. Any idea what he hopes to achieve out of it? Well... More importantly, does he have any idea what he just got himself into? Answers are no, and I doubt it. But if I was going to hazard a guess, based on my past experiences with Luxor, I'd say it's either money or power, or both. So he'll just risk the lives of everybody in this city to get what he's after, huh? Turvey, Luxor Brandt is a sociopath and a psychotic, and quite proud of that fact. He will sacrifice the lives of everyone in this city if he has to, to get what he wants. <sighs> Hell, he'd probably do it anyway, just for amusement's sake, if he could. Well, at least we know what we're up against on that front. So that just leaves the angel now. Yes. So, did your professor friend leave any useful information in her notes here? Well, more than a few of her conjectures, that's for sure. Have a listen to this. Concerning the increasing presence of phenomena and its potential association with a detected entity related to the fossil room, all events recorded share singular characteristics and energy signatures that, while radically different in nature, are consistent with the findings in the arena of temporal field manipulation. The entity may therefore exist within an as-yet undetermined chronological locus adjacent to the common temporal dynamic environments that connect the worlds. So whatever the angel is, it's related to time somehow? Possibly. It could draw its power that way, or it may be capable of manipulating time. Or worse. That could be its basic nature. How do you mean? Well, back when I took this assignment, Rayburn told me that the Ave Nova account was associated with the angels. I started doing my homework. I'm not up on all the cutting-edge research, but I got the general gist of it. As near as we can tell, angels are old. Ancient. There isn't even really a word to describe how old they really are. They may come from a time before the universe. That's what a few people have conjectured, but I don't know. In any event, they seem to be able to operate on a primal level, to manipulate the very basic nature of physics in the universe. They can move through conceptual spaces like legalese and contracts, things like that. Time, space, gravity, quantum physics, magic. They seem to be able to manipulate all of them. How do you even deal with something like that? Well, that's what companies like Metadyne have been trying to hash out for years now. The good news is that the Celestials are bound by rules. They need to follow them for one reason or other, even if we don't understand why. That gives us a chance, but the bad news is... 
we're still dealing with an intelligence that's unfathomable. Is that really true, though? I mean, they've got a personality, a will, they seem to have an agenda. And you can certainly communicate with them. I mean, come on, Luxor cut a deal with one. Well, they do have a history of interacting with people, that much is true. But I look at it like this. Imagine you're a really small child, alone in a house. One day your bedroom closet door opens, and a hand puppet comes out. Starts talking to you on a level that you can understand. Wants to give you candy, toys. Wants to help you out, be your friend. Wants you to come away with it to a wonderful place. You can see the puppet. What you don't see is the arm. And the arm is connected to the puppeteer who's in the closet. And that puppeteer's a lot smarter than you are. Has an agenda all its own. Thank you, Turvey. What a charming metaphor. Hey, I never said it wasn't creepy. All right, let's stay on track. So the angel's possibly related to time. And if Tycho Eastling's designs in this city were intended to be some sort of prison for it, then I guess its agenda is to get out. And to do that, it needs the key that Luxor is after. Yeah, that he thinks that I have, and I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. You're absolutely sure about that. You have no idea what 165 means. No idea whatsoever. I don't even know where I Luxor would have gotten the idea that I had it. Well, presumably, if the angel is his client, it must have told him. That trip you took to the other side while you were fighting with keys, where you talked to Tycho Eastling or whoever that was, are you sure you didn't bring something else back from that? I thought of that too, but I've been through my jacket, my pants, my shirt, my bag. There's nothing new. There's nothing out of place. There's nothing. There's certainly nothing that would be a key. Well, are you sure? I mean, this key could be anything. I know, but I mean, it's I've got nothing new in my inventory. Certainly nothing with a number 165 on it. I would, nothing I've snatched out of thin air or anything. Wait a minute. Thin air? What? Maybe you did pull it out of thin air. You said you checked through all your stuff and there was nothing new. Right. But did you check the contents of the laptop? The laptop has a Wi-Fi connection. Oh, that makes a certain degree of sense, you gotta admit. Yeah. Wait, no, that can't be it, because I haven't even turned the laptop on since we arrived at Eastlink. Not once. No! After what happened at Baylor, I didn't want to take the risk. I already told you that. In fact, I've been sending all my reports to Rayburn with my phone. He's really pleased with that. Yeah, well, your computer, it seems, is the only lead we've got at the moment, so uh, why don't you try firing that puppy up? Yeah, you're right. Okay, hang on. Um. What? What's wrong? Did either of you touch this? No. Don't look at me. I don't go through your stuff. I'm serious. Neither of you touched my computer. Hanover, neither of us have touched your computer. Neither of us would want to touch that thing. Okay. What's wrong? I can't turn it on because it's not off. It's in sleep mode. Are you sure? Yeah, look, the little sleep light is on. Maybe one of the Metadyne people left it turned on when they gave it back to me. Okay, that's possible. So why does the battery indicator light say full? Well, presumably because the battery is still full. No, if it had been in sleep mode all this time, the battery would have drained a little bit, and that light would be yellow and not green. Well, they said they enhanced it. Maybe they upgraded the battery with magic or something. Even a magic-enhanced battery will drain. So it's got a really great battery. What's the problem? The problem is that this means someone either turned this on while we weren't looking, or that it's been on all this time and the battery isn't draining, or... That it turned itself on. And given this piece of equipment, I'm not comfortable with any of those options. Calm down. Maybe it just got bumped really badly when the car wound up halfway across the lawn outside. No, the power function is protected. I have to enter a password after turning it on or it just turns itself off again. Even Turby's driving couldn't have done that. Oh, quit whining about that already. Well, maybe the indicator light got broken in the crash. (sighs) Whatever's wrong, you're not going to find out unless you bring it out of sleep mode. All right, all right, all right. Nero, before I do this, do you feel anything about the computer? Hold on. No. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. It's still anomalous and a little bit creepy, but... But nothing else unusual. (sighs) If anything, it feels weaker than it did. They probably put better shielding in it. Well, does that mean that thing is safer now? Who knows? Do me a favor and keep focusing on that, and I'll bring it up. All right. Here goes. 
What? What happened? What's wrong? It's all right. I'm all right. That just startled me. What? What startled you? Well, have you ever been in a situation where you were trying really hard not to wake someone who was asleep, and all of a sudden you noticed that they weren't asleep after all, and they were awake and their eyes were looking right at you, and that wasn't a good thing? Yeah. Well, that's what that was like just now. Wait, are you saying this thing is looking at us? Well, the camera light is on. Okay, I'm turning this off right now. No, you haven't even checked it yet. Yeah, well, tough darts. Hanover, as much as I would like to agree with you on this, Turvey is right. We have to find that key. It's not turning off. Might I remind you that somebody's life is at stake here? It's not turning off. Well, then that's a perfectly legitimate excuse to go looking through the hard drive, then. Are either of you listening to me? I want to turn it off, and it is not turning off. I will look through the contents of the computer after I have turned it off. Uh, yes, I know that statement didn't make any sense. All right, I just, I want to make sure I can turn it off first. I'll turn it back on after that. Hanover, you are acting like a frightened six-year-old. Nero, <sighs> might I remind you that this computer has a direct link to the Ave Nova account? That if we leave it running in the same room as us while we're sleeping, it gives us horrific nightmares? That it makes squelchy, devouring noises... And that Beck and Bale are an incredibly powerful, angelic-related being hitched a ride on it, and then once unleashed on the city of Baylor, dragged you into an alternate dimension and nearly killed you. All right, fine. Hanover, you're acting like a reasonable, battle-experienced adult with plausible cause for concern. Is that better? No, and I'm taking the battery out. Uh, Turvey, will you please chime in on this? Well, I was going to until he got to the part about being dragged into another dimension and killed, and that made me pause for thought. Oh, honestly. One little brush with a fate worse than death, and everyone goes soft on me. Yeah, well, that's a moot point now. Why is that? Because I just yanked the battery out, and it's still on. And in fact, this isn't even a battery, it's a dummy. So you're saying there's no way to turn it off? That's what it looks like. I take back everything I said. I thought you might. Didn't we have a problem like this back at that rest stop? Yes, but we weren't in reality then. That's all right, I don't feel much like I'm in reality now. (sighs) Well... Well, what? Well, I'm on the computer. Where should I start looking? How should I know? I don't know how your file structure is set up. I never touch your laptop. It gives me the creeps. You know, it really is a miracle the three of us have managed to survive as long as we have. Okay, well, there's nothing on the desktop. And there's nothing in the download folder. Nothing called 165, anyway. That means I didn't download it in any normal sense of the word, anyhow. What if it were uploaded to your computer from the outside? Wouldn't it go into a public folder, then? Yeah. Yeah, it would. Of course, that does raise the question of who could upload something to a supernaturally charged computer. Do you mind? This has already given me the GBs. All right. Let's have a look. Public folder. One item. Well, there it is. File 165. Yeah. 165.ply. What's PLY? I've never heard of that file structure before. I have. It's called the polygon file format. It's designed to describe the shape of an object so it can be reproduced by a 3D printer. Companies use this all the time to make mock-ups of prototypes, like say you've designed a PDA or a phone, you want to see how it fits in your hand in the real world and make a simple dummy version of it. Oh, like resin or something? Resin, plastic, memory metal, whatever medium the printer can handle. So this is a 3D representation of our key, then? Very possibly. Well, even if it is, what are we supposed to do with it? It's not like 3D printers or something you find lying around. No. If it's a polygon, is there any way to render it in a 3D program so we can at least get a look at it? Yeah, I have just the tool for that. Hang on. Metadyne includes this with all their computers. It's for corporate counter-espionage. Sits on every station in the network and sniffs around for encrypted files. That way, if a corporate spy is trying to sneak out a prototype or designs or something, it'll catch it and show you what's inside the file. 
So this will show you what the 3D model looks like. Yep, and trace it backwards through the system to whichever station tried to put it up on the network in the first place. So we could see who sent this file to your computer then? I don't see why not. I'm just not sure I want to know. Fair enough. And this is file 165. Ooh. Uh, looks kind of like a uh, scepter or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think there's a surface texture too, but I can't make it out. Can you make it any clearer? It seems blurry. No, I'm afraid I would never be able to do that. Why? What do you mean? Because, if you look at the numbers here... See how they're constantly shifting? That model's trying to keep up with it in real time. It's changing its shape. Why would you want a printer file for a 3D model that could change its shape? Wouldn't that be like trying to print out a letter where the words kept changing? Yeah, but that's not the problem here. The problem here is that this string of numbers up top describing the surface is trying to keep up with this string of numbers in the window down here. Well, what are those, then? Well, like I said, this file format is designed to describe an object's surface geometry. It's so you can make a prototype. You make a phone, you print out just the surface of the phone so you can hold it in your hand. But Metadyne and other companies in the Midlands use a heavily modified version of the software. That way it can describe its internal geometry. It has all the information included about its circuit boards and all its other components. That way you know there's no design flaws. That way you know all the parts fit inside of it. So the second string of numbers in that window is showing what's inside of it. Exactly. So what does all that mean, then? Well, if it's right, it's describing the external dimensions of this object here, which is approximately a meter in length. Uh But its internal dimensions show a space of approximately 6,000 square meters. And inside that, a series of complex interlocking mechanisms that comprise an object of approximately 500,000 cubic meters. Potential mass, undeterminable. Oh, and by the way, all these numbers indicate that this thing is shifting, changing, and growing. Hannibal, how big is this file? 40 terabytes. And growing. Let me guess, your computer doesn't have a hard drive nearly that big, does it? 500 gig, and I was pushing it. I think we can assume this is the key he's looking for. Well, that rules out Metadyne. For what? Well, I thought for a second that maybe someone like Professor Somdi installed it on your computer for safekeeping, but the size of the file sort of rules that out, doesn't it? Well, it might not have started off that big. Ah, but that doesn't explain how it could exist on your hard drive now. Let alone explain how it could be running at full capacity when it doesn't even have a battery. (laughs) Yeah, this is all pretty moot, isn't it? Maybe not. Maybe this doesn't rule out Metadyne. I've been uneasy about this laptop ever since I first got it. Well, after seeing it in action, who wouldn't be? Yeah, but it's more than just being simply creeped out by its capabilities. For all intents and purposes, it's just a highly modified MacBook. And for all its weird behavior, it acts like a normal computer, but underneath it, there's that OS. Rayburn claims it's a proprietary, magically enhanced piece of software that's designed to update about the Ave Nova account as it's happening. Apart from us, he and several other executives have access to the system. They act like they're in control of it, but I'm frankly not sure anymore. Well, I assume it's because it's in some sort of perpetual beta state, right? Yeah, but when something's in perpetual beta state, they're usually updating it continually to improve its stability and to improve its overall function. In this case, I think they're trying to add harnesses to it. I think this thing has a mind of its own. Like there's something alive at the core of the OS. You said it yourself. It felt like something opened its eyes and looked at you. Yes, and it still is. Not in a particularly nice way, as near as I can discern. So what? You think an artificial intelligence or something else? I don't know. And it wouldn't be the first time Rayburn's kept us in the dark over something. I need to have another long talk with that man. Well, that's all well and good, but right now we need to focus on this key. Yeah. If Luxor Brandt wants it so badly, how are we supposed to give it to him? Never mind the impossibility of actually manufacturing something like that. We can't even get it off your computer. Maybe not. Nero, in the front pocket of my bag, the flash drive. Hold on. This one? Yeah, give it here. Hannah, but this is only about an 8-gig drive. Yeah, well, my computer's only a 500-gig drive. What's your point? All right. Let's try copying a file. 
Whoa, whoa. What's wrong? I don't know what it's doing, but I don't like it. All right, just try and block it out for a second. That thing's got quite an aura coming off of it. Yeah, okay, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Yeah, good thinking, considering you can't turn it off. Whoa, ah. whoa, whoa. Well, did it do it? It says it did. And it also seems to have removed the file from the computer. Let's see if I can eject it. Okay, that seems to have worked. I'll see if we can pull it out. Wait, 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 wait. Don't touch it with your hands. Give me that pen. Here. Ooh. Frozen? Yep. Touch that with your bare hands and that would have been your fingers. Look around for a towel or something, would you please? I'll look in the bathroom. I gotta go anyway. Thanks, Turvey. Well, now we've got a mobile version of the key. Are we just gonna give it to Luxor? I don't... I don't know. If we don't give him the key, he'll kill Claris, or worse. I'm not gonna leave her out in the cold. I didn't say we were... But we still risk handing the power of an angel over to a lunatic. I know. The lives of everybody in the city or her. I'll figure something out. But I'm not letting Clarice die. Laughlin's not going to be happy with this. Screw Laughlin. I'm not happy with this. On the plus side, though, since Luxor has formed an alliance with the angel, I guess that means we're back on the same team again. Yeah, I'll have to fill out some paperwork with my family, though, and do some negotiations with Metadyne. I may have to ask Rayburn for a nice big fat retainer, too, if he wants my services on this. Honestly! What? After everything we've been through together, all this is to you is just another job? Just another paycheck? Just more of your family bureaucracy? Everything we've been through up till now just boils down to professional courtesy to you? I thought this alliance, this relationship, I thought our friendship meant more than that! Hanover! I was kidding! It was a joke! I know. But how often do I get an opportunity to just blow up in your face like that? It feels good. You should try it once in a while. Very therapeutic. Would you mind leaning just a little bit closer, please? I'd like to show you something. Oh, no problem. Ow. Well, it's nice to see the comedy actors back together. Here's your towel. Hang on. It's Luxor. He's early. Take it while I try to get this drive out. Nero Guillaume. There you are. For a minute, I was afraid I was going to get your voicemail, and I was going to have to leave the sound of somebody screaming as a message. Well, that's me, always on the ball. I'm sending you a GPS coordinate. Tell me when you get it. It's here. Good. Have your boy meet me at that location in one hour with my goods. And don't disappoint, please. I'm counting the minutes. Bye now. We're all set. So am I. Should you call up Laughlin? Of course. When Luxo Brent says he's meeting you alone, it means he's bringing his entire crew. He loves surprise parties. Well, if it's a surprise party, maybe we should pick up some beer and chips along the way. Oh, I don't know. I've got my party favors. How about you? Well, I'm ready. Hanover? Oh, yeah. Let's do this. You have been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Snows Are Eternal, Part 13, written and performed by Kyan Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties podcast series. You can comment on this show at techdiff.com. You can leave me a Gmail at techdiff at gmail.com. Follow us at Twitter at twitter.com slash techdiff. Look for Technical Difficulties at Facebook. The discussion board is techdiff.freeforums.org. To be continued next week in Part 14. Thank you for listening. But before then, I would like to thank you all for being patient after I took a week off to go on vacation to an undis- undisclosed, undis- ding, 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 ding.
<clears throat> I'd like to thank you all for being patient with me. Last week, uh, I took a week off to go on vacation. It was a 15th wedding anniversary vacation with my wife to an undisclosed location, which I can now disclose to you, uh, which was Mystic, Connecticut. I've mentioned that in the past. We took a quick trip out there. Met a couple of my fans who actually live in the area who, coincidentally, you know, if I, if I skipped over your area or something or if you lived in that area and I didn't get to meet you because you lived near Mystic, Connecticut or something and I didn't announce it, I'm sorry, but a couple of friends of mine who are longtime fans of the show live right in that area. And they had actually contacted us. See, it was kind of an impromptu thing. We said, look, we need a vacation. My wife's having some health not some health problems. Her family is having some health problems, and she's been beaten down by work, and I just gotten over being sick, and we decided we needed just some time to cool out and not... Normally, when we go on road trips, we end up running into a lot of people or trying to meet up with people, and it just we just wanted to go to one place and stay there and not be bothered by anything. So we chose Mystic, and the literally... Two days after we had decided finally on going on the vacation, uh, these fans of ours contacted us out of the blue and said, hey, it's going to be like peak viewing for leaf season, leaf viewing season. You know, the colors are going to be peaking and mystic. You guys should come out here. And it just so turned out, you know, we were going out there. So we met them. We had a really nice time and had a lovely, lovely time in mystic and then came back hell bent for leather. Two days driving through you know, all of the country. And, you know, this is no slam to anybody who lives in Wisconsin, but damn it, I hate driving through Wisconsin on the way back because it seems like it never ends, like time stretches. And in this case, not only did time stretch, but there was an impenetrable fog while we were driving. It was incredibly nerve-wracking. Anyway, nothing else to say. I've got a lot of emails to catch up with. I've got some... Excuse me. I've got a lot of emails to catch up with. I've got some thing, CDs I have to send out. CDs are still for sale. If you just send me $6 to techdiff at gmail.com and say you want one of the CDs for the Whoever Wishes show, I will will send it to you. There's actually been a number of requests for people who want CDs of the account. I can do that. I'll get to work on that and try to figure out how I would price it or what I would do for it or anything like that. But... Um, you know, I, I, I can figure something out like that. And I also had a request from someone who wanted to know if the soundtrack album was going to go back online because I put it up online on a file share site and that file sharing link has since expired. So I've actually got another site. It's kind of like an online file thing that I got when I got my copy of Spring Cleaning and I'll probably put it up there. Uh, also, well, that's about it. That's all I have to say. I'm going to be ramping up a lot more stuff. I'm going to try and finish the account, I hope, as soon as possible. My God, I didn't realize the story was going to go on for this long. This is my yearly novel, and this one just got totally out of hand. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like all the parts are there where I need them to be, and I'm telling the right information. But, man, in the future, I'm just going to make sure to do shorter stories. Maybe interlocked short stories that tell one longer arc. Maybe that would work a little bit better instead of having these long, sprawling epics. Because I'm coming up on episode 14. That means this thing's like over, I don't know, three, four hours long now? I don't know. What can I tell you? Anyway, happy Halloween to everybody. That's this weekend, one of my favorite holidays of all time. Didn't do a Halloween episode, and I'm hoping to have the account done um, before I do the... uh, before Christmas so I could do something like the Advent calendar or Christmas special or something. Which brings up an interesting question. People have also asked about the Advent calendar, and I'm still doing the account. So my question for you is this. Um, the account's ramping up towards its finale, and I'm hoping to get it done. I don't just don't know if I can get it done by the end of November. So the question is, if I did the Advent calendar, if I interrupted the account in its third, third act um, while to do the Advent calendar, would people care? I don't know. Maybe I should just do a bunch of short Christmas specials. I know you guys love the Advent calendar. It's an it's an amazing amount of work, though. And um, 
Well, anyway, just send me a Gmail and tell me what you think. Techtip at gmail.com. Would you rather me do the advent calendar? I want to finish the account. I don't want to disappoint fans of the account. But, man, I've got to uh, got to ramp this thing up here. Maybe I'll finish it in four weeks. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should just like work triple hard and do double-length episodes and try and finish it in four weeks. We'll see. My head hurts. See you guys next week. Bye! Addison is on the air. Do you love old-time radio? Yes! You know absolutely nothing about old-time radio. Also yes. Then Madison on the Air is for you. Follow Madison, a modern-day makeup influencer, as she zapped back into the golden age of radio. Every episode is standalone with a wide variety of genres to choose from, like detective noir. You put the dick in private dick. Superheroes. So I am in the body of the green hornet. Westerns. Saloon fight. Now this is a western. Sci-fi. Dude, the Martian's got a freaking heat ray. Plus classic characters. Toto. Oh, I gotta get that dog into an obedience class. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. <gasps> what if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Actual old-time radio scripts adapted. It's like if the MST3K riff tracks guys were in the movies they riff. Start at the beginning or jump around to any title that grabs you. New episodes premiere the first of every month. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.